I promised to look at something for especially for Mother's Day. And what I have this morning. Firstly, hello Anne. You can see it. It's not an it's not a Paul Worrell original. Um, I got it from Doug, this fellow Doug Hamilton. We looked at a few mothers in the um, in the Bible, both in the Old and well, mostly in the Old, and one in the New Testament. I just want to quickly go through it and also see the lessons that we can learn from these mothers. Um, the first one is Eve. She's called the mother first because she was the first one to bear a child. And all of us, believe it or not, can count Eve as, well, I guess, great to the hundredth extent mother. Um, she was the first to ever go through the suffering of childbirth. First to have to, well, I don't know what kind of diapers they had then, but breastfeeding, burping, teething, all of those things that mothers do. And I can't talk from a position of authority and experience, never having been a mother. But I can remember breastfeeding. My, well, Denise breastfeeding. And how pleasant it was initially. And then when the teeth came, oh my goodness. And I said, boy, that's the beginning of what a mother has to endure. Because it got to the point where I'd be, where one, one of the boys was ready to, to breastfeed. And I'd say, here you go, sweetie. And all she would do is this. Say, Keep away. But um, she would give in eventually. And you know, you could see her grinning her teeth. But um, you know, a good mother sacrificed so much for the, for the child. Ah, one thing is, even though through the ages, mothers have gone through the childbirth, the breastfeeding, the smiles, the first laugh, it's always as if when you're a mother for the first time, all of that, what do you call it, all of that um, history means nothing because you're doing it afresh. All of the textbooks about motherhood, you tend to throw them away to a certain extent when you have your first child. I remember um, going to the uh, Lamaze classes and they would talk about, you know, breathing and, you know, when you feel the uh, labor pains, you start to, uh, you breathe a certain way and you have your, what is it, a uh, focused word and, and uh, some sort of focused thing so that, um, you know, it helps you more. Well, when Christopher was, when Michael was born, and the pains really started to hit Denise. She forgot about all of that. She, I mean, she practically undressed me in, in the um, in in the in the delivery room. I mean, when it was over, I had to button my shirt, put my belt back on, put up my pants because she was just twisting and grabbing. And I said, "Oh, but sweetie, breathe and breathe and focus." And she was saying, it's as if it's from scratch. And this was her second child. I'm giving you three. Pardon? <laughs> but I, I tried to stay away, but she was just, bring me back. Um, but it's always as if it's the first time. You know, you're doing it for the first time. Um, but I must say, at the end of it, 
It's as if it's it's like a calm after the storm, and everything is good with the world. Everything's good with the world. I guess until they reach two years old, and then until they reach teenagers, and then they become adults, and they come back home. Um, but um, Eve there was the was the mother was she's considered the mother first. Right? The nurture of children, and she enjoyed it. And it's very rare to find a mother who's in a nurturing mother. It's it's your. I've met mothers that do nothing for their children. That's always been the exception. Mothers tend to they're willing to die for their children. They may not die for their husband, but they'll die for the children. They tend to. I mean, if you want a, an example of sacrificial love, you look at a mother's love for a child. I mean, and whenever I hear of a, of a of a mother who has to bury a child, my heart really goes out to that mother because that's something you don't want to do. You don't want to do. And here, you like the first mother, she lost her child. And how did she lose her child? At the hand of one of her sons. She had to deal with that heartache, um, the strife in her family. You know, um, even while she was um, bearing her first, the next son, she was thinking of her lost son. She was a mother first in many ways. You know, she's always thinking of her child, putting the child first. Then we have Sarah. Sarah, who was barren, wouldn't believe that she would ever have a child, but she wanted a child so desperately. Women seem to have a mothering instinct. They want to have children. I mean, you know, you put a boy and a girl in a room, and you put a pile of toys, the girl will look for the doll baby, the boy will look for the gun, or the truck, or the tractor, or the sword, or something like that. But the girls, they go for the doll baby. And they tell the boys, come, let's play. And the boy has to roll his eyes and hold the baby and play and be good, because the adults are around. And the girl normally will have her way. When the boy says, come, let's play with the sword, the adults will say, none of that. But if the girl says, play with the doll baby, you know, the boy normally has to toe the line. Women always been getting their way from the beginning of time. But here again, children are a gift from the Lord. 127.3. And we always need to keep that in mind. Now, it isn't as if these mothers are perfect. Because you know, if you look at Eve, well, Eve made major mistakes, major mistakes in her life. I mean, the first one, the one that everyone talks about is, well, they, well depending on who you are, you'd say that she really brought sin into the world. You know, she made some mistakes. Um, her eyes were too big for her. She wanted things that she shouldn't have. And her husband, even though he should be the leader, instead of being the leader, he followed and wouldn't put his foot down. And we're in the position that we are in today. But she loved her children. She was a mother of the first order. She loved her children. Sarah wanted children. She wanted children so desperately, she was willing to encourage her husband to lay with another woman. Now, 
behaving women, I don't think they would be tolerating that. But in that society, being barren was a shameful thing. Sarah, she wanted a child so badly, she was willing for her handmaiden to have a child for her husband. However, that went terribly wrong. Because then the handmaiden felt so proud that she had this child, she was always throwing it in Sarah's face. But the Lord spoke to Sarah, told Sarah that she would have a child. And eventually she believed the Lord. She trusted in the Lord. She trusted in the Lord. Oh, let me go on. What's the name of the first man? The name of the first man? Adam. What's the name of the tribe? Eve. No. Adam. Pardon? Adam. Adam and Adam. Adam and Adam. Adam? No, okay. Madam Eve. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, why is this like this? Hmm. Okay. Well, still uh, legible. All right. She gave birth to a son named Isaac, and she had a child, and that made her happy. Jochebed. You don't hear a whole lot about Jochebed, but she's in the Bible. Moses' mom. While all the Israelite sons were being killed, she used as much ingenuity as she could to make sure that her son wasn't killed. But she was willing to give up her son so that he could live. But somehow she was able to, um, what should I say, manipulate the circumstances so that she could end up taking care of her son. So she used as much ingenuity as she could to make sure that her son not only survived, but she was somehow able to take care of her son. Um, and even those mothers who have children, let's say, out of wedlock, or are in a position where they feel they may not be able to take care of their child, and the, they have the option of abortion, or death for that child, we have to congratulate them even if they give the child up for adoption. Because, as we saw earlier, children are a gift from God. They are a reward. And we shouldn't be even um, considering the death of a child, especially through abortion. So, you know, if you can't take care of your child, let someone else take care of it who can provide it with a good home. Provide, be a, be a good mother to that child somehow. Um, even if it means giving up what you may think is so dear, it isn't either I have the child or no one has the child. A good mother would look out for the best for her child, whatever the circumstances. Um, just want to. There's a. I was able to download something on Jochebed. This Jochebed I wanted to. Yeah, here we go. The life lesson from Jochebed. Jochebed showed great trust in God's faithfulness. 
two lessons emerge from her story. First, many un unwed mothers refuse to have an abortion, yet have no choice but to place their baby for adoption. Like Jochebed, they trust God to find a loving home for their child. Their heartbreak at giving up their baby is balanced by God's favor when they obey his command not to kill the unborn. The second lesson is for heartbroken people who have to turn their dreams over to God. They may have desired a happy marriage, a successful career, developing their talent, or some other worthwhile goal, yet circumstances prevented it. We can only get through that kind of disappointment by turning it over to God. Like Jochebed, put her child in his care and his gracious way, God gives us himself, the most desirable dream we could ever imagine. The lesson there is, be obedient to God, be faithful to God, no matter what the circumstance. Then we have Hannah. She was also childless. Someone want to say something? No? Okay. You can hardly see it? Oh. Okay. Um, were you able to see it previously? Hmm. Okay. Um, here's what I do. Okay. There we go. That was supposed to be. That was supposed to make it larger. Okay. Right, okay. Another childless woman really wanted a child. She went to the place of prayer and made a heartfelt vow unto God, which is a type of Nazarite vow. <coughs> Basically, she was going to dedicate her child to the Lord. Now, particularly in our modern society, we want the best for our children. And we define the best for our children to be things like, you know, a great job, well, First, find a great education, great job, um, good and influential friends, beautiful wife with beautiful grandchildren, all those sorts of things. Her vow was basically, Lord, I will allow my son to serve you. And quite often, we look at other people's children who may be serving the Lord as good examples, but that isn't something my child will do. My child go to the missionary field? Uh-uh, no, no, no. My child ought to be a doctor or an accountant. No, my child can't be a pastor. They don't make money, and they work long hours, and they don't get any reward. And what about my grandchildren? What will they do? They won't be able to have a great education. But the lesson here is, if it's for the Lord, it's going to be great. If the Lord desires for your son to be an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer, so be it. But if the Lord requires your son to be a missionary or a pastor or in full-time ministry somehow, so be it. Accept what the Lord desires for your child. You don't want it to go really badly and your child becomes a doctor or a lawyer or whatever and they know nothing about God. They'll come back and they'll slap you in the face because they may even forget about you. Put your children before the Lord 
pray over them, pray with them, encourage them to be godly, and let the Lord lead them along the path that they should go. And that was how. That was how. Um, the lesson from no, that is the one I really want to. There's some um, mothers in the Bible. Um, that appear at first glance not to be so good. Mary isn't one of them. We end up with Mary, the mother of Jesus. The last one in the Doug Hamilton study. Chosen by God to be the vessel uh, to bear Jesus Christ. She's probably quite young. And she have to endure all sorts of ridicule and people not believing her. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the um, the analogies of the kinds of conversations that were going on between Mary and as she became, as she showed her pregnancy and everybody around. You know, who's the father? God. You know, and then the eyes would start to roll. How do you know? He told me. You know, and imagine Joseph. Is that your child? No. Whose is it? God's. I mean, can you imagine that conversation in this day and age? Straight to silence. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean in that age, in that time, it would be just as incredible. But what did Mary do? She was still obedient. Joseph, after he got over the shock and the feeling of betrayal, he understood this is of the Lord. And he didn't actually get killed his wife as a result in those days. But the marriage continued and he raised um, Jesus as his own. Now there are a few mothers in the Bible that you may not think to be very good mothers. Um, one of them was Bathsheba. She was the wife of King David. The wife that he actually took from Uriah. Um, but she became the mother of, well, at least two of his children. The first one, God judged David because of the infidelity there. And the child was killed. But the second child, and Bathsheba stayed true to her vows to David and bore another son. And that was Solomon. One of the greatest kings in the Bible. Mothers, as wives, be faithful to the Lord and just continue to submit to your husbands even when they're doing foolishness. It doesn't mean you have to be obedient blindly, but submit to the Lord, and in submitting to the Lord, submit to your husbands, and you will reap the reward. What do they say about a lesson for Bathsheba? Women had few rights in ancient times. When King David summoned Bathsheba, she had no choice but to sleep with him. After David had her husband murdered, she had no choice when David took her for his wife. Despite being mistreated, she learned to love David and saw a promising future for Solomon. 
Often circumstances seem stacked against us, but if we keep our faith in God, we can find meaning in life. God makes sense, then nothing else does. Um, now, um, is Bathsheba? Right. The thing about Bathsheba is, but there are only five women that are indicated in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. When they list, you know, starting from David, you know, all these fathers and sons, etc. There are only five of them, and Bathsheba is one of them. Um, Bathsheba is one of them. Um, Ruth is one of them. These are women who would normally be considered outcasts, but they were faithful. They were faithful. And they are actually rewarded by being listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So never think that life is so bad that God can't help. Um, now, the lessons from the ones that we looked at, Eve, always be prepared for the unexpected. As a mother, you should be. Sarah, treat every child like a promised child. You should never be the so-called black sheep child. Value your children. Even if they are disobedient, value them, nurture them, and hopefully they will come around and trust in the Lord. And once they're trusted in the Lord, they will be um, children to be um, proud of and examples in the world. Jochebed, trust God when the tough times come. Because quite often, you may not be able to depend on your husband, <coughs> Your parents, your relatives, your friends, but you can always trust in God. Hannah, make sure you fully dedicate your child to God. I know it's difficult for a mother. You always want to hold on to that, that part of your child. But if you give them to the Lord freely, He will give them back to you. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, internalize your relationship with your child. There's, there's a, um, a term that's always used about Mary was that um, Mary hid this thing in her heart the things that Jesus did she memorialized she remembered She, re my mother can tell you things that I did when I was one hold there those memories of your children because there may come times when you don't even want to think of your children in a good way there have always been those times. One of the, the two great memories that I have growing up are with my mother. One is resting my head on my mother's lap. My mother would come home from work tired. She used to work at, um, at the Lycate Hotel. And she would come home, she would cook dinner, and I could see her just wanting to sit down and rest. And I was even... Even when I was 14 years old, I would do this. I couldn't tell my friends. Mommy would be sitting on the sofa, just like Shadwell's mom is sitting there. And I'd sit right where Shadwell is, turn around, put my head on Mommy's lap and say, Mommy, let's talk. And my mother would talk. And we would be talking, and I would fall asleep with my head in my mother's lap. And I know my mother was probably saying, Oh boy, this boy looks so sweet. Finally, he shut up and gone to bed. But I used to look forward to that. 
And the other thing was my mother singing in the house. Because my mother loved to sing. And she would sing all these hymns. And I was learning to play the guitar and I would strum. And my mother would always sing this same hymn, Amazing Grace. And believe it or not, when I met Denise, the first time I went to her house, she was singing in the house. And I didn't know it, but I looked back and I said, and I say to myself, you know, that was probably the thing that caused me to be so attracted to Denise. Just, it was probably the memory of my mother singing like that. And people say I married my mother, to be quite honest, because Denise looks like my mother. Actually, her mother looks a lot like my mother. Um, she loves to sing, she loves to cook, she loves to garden. She's got a strong will. I mean, I prefer my father to beat me than my mother beat me. Because my mother would basically, I mean, beat me to pieces. And I would learn the English language. She said, I told you. I mean, <laughs> but I love my mother. Even to this day, I love my mother to death. A good mother can change the world. Because, unfortunately or fortunately, men still seem to rule the world. But all you need to say to a fellow, the Prime Minister's mother is, you know, I think he ought to do this and that. And if she's convinced and she talks to him, he'll be done. Yeah. I have no misconception of the people that actually make the decisions in business, in families, or in the world. It's months. <coughs> it is months. You know, Paul, it's weird how you're saying how the heart, most hardened Indian views pray for Steve, for example. Um, I have a lot of Cuban friends, and Castro is one of the world's most well-known mm -hmm. dictators. Right. And a few years ago, his mother was ill, and he's like, you know, mom, I'll what do you want me to do? And she said, why don't you go back to church? Mm -hmm. And he started, they're Catholic. Right. And he started going back to church mm -hmm. on Sunday mornings because his mother asked him to. And it's changed Cuba a lot mm -hmm. because that was when he started relaxing all the, and this has been a number of years ago right. now, but it, it's amazing how he said, you know, he's like, Mom, you live through this, whatever you want, I'll do. And uh, Above his influence? So I want you to go to church. And she start going to church. It's absolutely amazing. Now, if she was a terrible mother, it may have been a bit different. But even so, it's as if God has provided a special relationship between mothers and children through so the mother's influence. Even after a mother has passed, a mother's desires or requests of her children, they are honored. Children just tend to love mom, especially boys, especially boys. And if you look at our newspapers, the, the major problems because of the men in our in our society. I say mothers can actually transform our nation, but mothers also have to take the responsibility for the problems in our nation because the influence that a mother has is absolutely amazing. But the work of a mother never ends. It never ends. And you can't give up and say, I wash my hands of this child. 
Your responsibility as a mother is to continue to pray and to nurture that child. Set the right example. Uh, I want to close with probably the greatest teaching that I can give you. It's not about how you look, because it makes no difference to your child. Child will always love mom. And the mom, no matter what child looks like, that is the most beautiful and handsomest child <laughs> that you can imagine. Make sure you take care of your children, put them before the Lord, and never ever stop praying for them. The greatest gift you can give your child is yourself embracing the Lord and then praying for them. I can tell you, when I was in university, I know the one thing that sustained me was my mother's prayers. Because I left here at 17 years old. An absolute innocent, naive man. Boy. And the things that I was exposed to, I can only tell you. The only way I came back here was because of my mother's prayers. And she told me she was praying for me. Love that child. Just always love that child. And you see, that mother smile. Any comments? What is the order in the house? What's the order? Isn't it that the husband and the children? The husband. The wife, then the children. Oh, yeah, that is the order. Everybody in the house needs to submit to, to the Lord. The husband, especially, needs to submit to the Lord. The wife needs to submit to the husband. The husband comes first, the wife. That's what I'm trying to Oh, yes. The husband the comes first, then the children. Then the children. Because eventually your children can be gone. Oh, yes. Now, what a wife needs to be careful of, especially, I'm glad you brought that up, is because of her nurturing tendency to put the children first, and the husband is alienated. And the, I'll tell you, the husband will feel jealous. And I can tell you from personal experience, I mean, very recent experience. My, my youngest son came home yesterday, right? and I was in the house. And Denise walked right past me, hugged Michael, and kissed Michael, brought him back. Now, I felt a little pang of jealousy there. When she came, she kissed me. But, I mean, I sent on the cake was last night. On the table was a paper bag. And it had half a croissant in it. Right? So, I figured Denise wanted this half a croissant for me. So I took out half the croissant, half the croissant, and I said, Michael, would you like, sorry, I thought it was a whole croissant. So I said, Michael, would you like half a croissant? He said, sure, Dad. So I opened it, there was only half the croissant. I said, oh, Michael, would you like a quarter of a croissant? He said, oh, no, Dad, you have it. So I took out the half a croissant, and I got some turkey breast, deli turkey breast, because I like to wrap it around the croissant. And I was eating it, halfway through, Denise comes in. She says, Paul, are you eating Michael's croissant? <laughs> I, 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 mean, I just stopped. I stared at Denise. 
I'm saying, bro, where am I in this house? Seriously, honestly. So then she looks at Michael and says, Michael, did dad give you any croissant? Michael said, no. <laughs> but I had one. So, and then he said, oh, you had the whole one. So obviously there was a whole croissant, and she had eaten half the croissant and left half for me. And Michael said, oh, yeah, that was great, but thank you very much. And I was just staring at Denise. And I did, I, actually, up to this morning, I haven't said anything. <laughs> But then I realized, you know, Michael's been going for so long. She's just happy to see him. She, I know she loves me. I need to ask her that this afternoon. But it is, it is a real, you know, especially if you, if you keep on doing it. If you keep on doing yeah, it. He was, if he were there all the time and that happened every single day. Oh, yeah. I would have to say, sweetie, we need to talk. You got to cut her some slack on yeah, this. Yeah, we need to talk. <laughs> But it is a very real, that is a very real thing. No, a lot of people put their children first. They don't believe that. And your husband should be first. Oh, yes. And actually, and the children need to see that. Because they need to do that in their, they need to do that in their own homes. (laughs) They need to do that in their own homes. Yeah, that's really fine. I'm just someone else's child. Because, to be quite honest, sometimes that causes divorce. Yeah. If not divorce, just have someone walking out. But it is, it is for the children to see. Oh, yes. It's also unfair to the child because then, you know, they have to feel some of that resentment coming from their father when it's in the extreme. Oh, yeah. Know, so. And they become spoiled. And it's, it's not a good situation at all. That's not a, that's not a healthy situation. But it, unfortunately, it happens too often. Yeah. It happens too often. And sometimes it's a bit of selfishness too, you know, because the mother may figure, you know, and my husband ain't the best. I may have made a mistake, but I even make sure my children take care of me. You know, and that's, 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 you know, your marriage comes first. You know, and, but I, I have to share that with you when you brought that up. You know, <laughs> uh, you know that, that, that half a percent, that didn't cut it. <laughs> that didn't cut it. That didn't cut it. But I don't hold that against me. She's too, she's too good to me. But I, I really thought that was a nice picture. But, um, yeah, we, we, there are some babies born here, they have that saying that, uh, that when you show the picture or you say, oh, how the baby look? Well, some baby only a mother could love. That's right. That's right. And that is true. That is true. I hope no one said that about me. All right. Any other comments before we close in prayer? But please remember, through the week, those families that we uh, spoke about, it's never easy when you lose a child. It really isn't. And definitely with um, Sister Elena. Um, Elena's done yeoman service at Calvary Bible Church. You know, we need to keep them in prayer. And Steve and, and family, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, anyway, let's just close in a word of prayer before, before we dismiss. Father, we thank you again for your wonderful word. It's always relevant, never changes. Father, we th- again thank you for the mothers, especially the ones here. Father, we pray that you would encourage them and support them, sustain them. May you grant them your wisdom, always comforting them. And may their children rise up and call them blessed as they set the godly example of motherhood and they mother their, their children. And when the husbands are present, they are excellent wives to their husbands. Father, we just thank you again for this opportunity that you've given us to celebrate the glory of motherhood. 
Father, now as we prepare to go our separate ways, pray for your blessing, each and every one of us. May you bring us back safely. Again, we worship you corporately and learn your word. Through Christ's name we pray. Amen.